0: the good special singing tonight as well. If you'll look with us in Revelation chapter number 5, Revelation chapter number 5 tonight, we'll read one verse, uh, familiar verse of Scripture. Um, I love this chapter. It's a great chapter. So many good thoughts in this chapter. And I just want to read one verse of Scripture tonight. If you'll stand with us in reverence to the Word of God in prayer, Revelation chapter number 5 and verse number 5. The Bible says, And one of the elders saith, unto me weep not behold the lion of the tribe of judah the root of david hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof heavenly father lord i want to thank you tonight for the singing thank you for what we have felt in this place lord you've been so good to us and we want to thank you for your church thank you for your people most of all we thank you for your presence this morning this morning and this evening I pray now that you'll help us these next few moments. May you be glorified. Lord, help us not to say anything that would call attention to ourselves or that would grieve the Holy Spirit. Lord, we'll love you and we'll praise you and we'll thank you. For we do ask it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want you to think about, in verse number 5, the Apostle John in this text here. He's much older and he's written the Gospel of John. And now he is writing the book of Revelation. He has witnessed Jesus on earth and he talked about that in the gospel of John when he made much of Christ and he talked about these things as he said in John chapter 21 and also many other things that Jesus did. He talked about the life of Christ on earth. and But when we come to Revelation chapter 5 in verse number 5 he's talking about the life of Christ in heaven in eternity. He's witnessed Jesus on earth and now he is witnessing Jesus in eternity. In chapter 1 that's what John is doing John is witnessing he is that witness as he sees the Alpha and the Omega that which is which was and which is to come the Almighty saith the Lord he sees his countenance he hears his voice Uh, he is given instructions and John is witnessing in chapter 1 then in chapter 2 in chapter 3 John is writing as he writes the letters to the seven churches and we know that they were literal churches and they also were churches that represented the timeline of the church age and and John is writing to those seven churches of Asia Minor so he is witnessing in chapter 1 he is writing in chapter 2 in chapter 3 and then when we come to chapter 4 John is worshipping as the Bible said that after this I looked and behold a door was opened in heaven and he said the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me which said come up hither and I will show the things which must be hereafter. And when John is taken by the Spirit up into the third heaven, the first thing that John sees is he sees the throne of God. You know I think when every believer leaves this world, I think the first thing that we're going to see is not the street of gold and not the walls of Jasper nor the gates of Pearl but I think we'll see the very throne of God and John is there around that throne and there's those beasts and those twenty elders around that throne and they're worshiping and they're saying holy, holy, holy Lord God almighty which is and which was and he says for thou art worthy to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and they were created. So what is John doing? John is worshiping with those beasts and those elders. I mean he's went from witnessing to writing to worshiping. But when we get to chapter five and in our text tonight uh, uh, we notice that John is weeping, amen? You've really got to go back to verse number four uh, to find out why John is weeping here. Uh, John is weeping and may I say he's not just weeping but if you look at verse four, he's weeping much, amen? He said and I wept much. I mean he's sobbing. He's weeping some tears. Uh, uh, John, after all you've seen in the mighty worship service she was in in chapter 4 John why are you weeping? He tells us in verse number 4 he says I'm weeping for three reasons number one because there was no man found worthy number one to open the book and then there was no man found worthy to read the book and then there was no man found worthy to neither look upon the book uh, John said we've got this book here and this book is the title deed to the earth uh, and John said there's no man in heaven that's worthy to even look upon it let alone open it or read it and so John is weeping here but when we get to verse number 5 I want to draw your attention to this elder as the Bible says and one of the elders saith unto me don't you thank God for elders in the church amen because elders in the church uh, that have walked with God and lived for God for years uh, they've got more spiritual insight uh, than a lot of people they're pillars in the church they're in uh, They're an encouragement in the house of God. Well, John has got an elder in his life around the throne of God, and we see the elder, but we also see the encouragement from this elder. As one of the elders saith unto him, weep not, amen. Hey, I wanna say tonight, I'm glad in a time of weeping, there is someone that can come along with the word of encouragement that can tell you and encourage you to weep not, amen. And I noticed this elder, and I noticed this, Encouragement. I want you to see the encounter, because the elder says to him, "Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof." When I think about what this elder says to John, John turns and he encounters. He's talked about a lion in the Gospel of or lamb in the Gospel of John that would take away the sins of this world. And my friend, but in chapter five, when John turns uh, and that elder encourages him the encounter that he has uh, is with the lion of the tribe of Judah I preached this morning on Christ the lamb I want to preach tonight on Christ the lion amen I want to say tonight Jesus Christ uh, is the lion amen and in this text tonight it's great because John focuses on uh, the one thing uh, that we all need to focus on uh, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ isn't it amazing that after all these years, uh, after John has written the gospel, after John is now an aged apostle, after all these years, uh, uh, when we get to chapter number 5 in verse 5, the elder says the line of the tribe of Judah, he's prevailed to open that book. And John turns uh, uh, to see a line. But you know what he sees instead of that line? The Bible says in verse number 6, Behold, in the midst of the throne, and of the four elders in the midst or the four beasts and in the midst of the elders he said there stood a lamb amen you know what after all these years uh, John still talking about the lamb amen he was talking about the lamb when John the Baptist stepped on the scene and said behold the lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world it was John the revelator that wrote that down in the gospel of John chapter number one he talked about the lamb throughout the gospel and here he is in heaven he's looking for a lion but in the middle of that throne he sees a lamb and tonight I want to simply say there's no contradiction between the lion and the lamb in fact they complete each other and they complement each other for they are the same person the same person that John the Baptist said would take away the sin of this world is the same lamb that John the revelator saw standing in the midst of the throne and that lamb is a lion Friend of the tribe of Judah and of the root of David. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful for this lamb tonight and for this lamb. I want you to notice in verse number five, four things here. I want you to see first of all the lion portrayal. As the Bible says here, weep not behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. When we think about this lion tonight, in the animal kingdom, the most fittest figure of of meekness is a lamb, but the most finest figure of majesty is expressed is a lion. When you think about Jesus Christ tonight, And we see him as both the lion and the lamb. We see him as a stately lion. We see him as a slain lamb. How can this both be? I'll tell you how. Because the qualities of his sacrificial grace uh, is what secures the qualifications uh, of his sovereign government. Amen. You see who he became in the gospel of John. And what he did in the gospel of John, becoming a lamb that was slain for sinners, uh, is what secures uh, him to be. Be the sovereign lion in the book of Revelation that one day is going to come back to the very place uh, and the very area that he was slain as a lamb but when he comes uh, he's not coming as a lamb to take away the sins of this world that lamb's coming as a lion thank God and the government's going to be set upon his shoulders uh, and of his kingdom there's going to be no end uh, and my friend this lamb uh, is going to be the lion uh, that's going to rule this earth with a rod of iron uh, And thank God he'll be large and he'll be in charge during those days. Amen. When we think about it this this evening, primarily Christ created this world. Purposely Christ redeemed the world. Presently, he'll perfect this world and permanently thank God he will establish this world for his redeemed people. You see, the lion is gonna take this whole estate one day and he's gonna turn it into a thornless and a tombless uh, and a tearless paradise, amen? I'm telling you, the lion's gonna put an end to all the madness uh, and to all the sadness uh, and all the badness of wicked men Uh, he's the lion my friend because he'll destroy the kings and the captains uh, and the armies of this world and those that deny God and hate his chosen people he's the lion this morning this evening because he'll put an end to the satanic trinity I thank God that will be predominant during the tribulation period but the lion's going to put an end to that satanic trinity you say what do you mean I mean he's going to kill the antichrist the beast Uh, he'll destroy and kill the false prophet my friend he'll wrap Satan up in a great chain uh, and my friend he'll put him in a bottomless pit uh, and he'll put him on the chain gang for a thousand glorious years you know why because he's the lion amen Uh, and thank God he'll rescue the remnant of Israel and he'll restore and rebuild the holy city of David Uh, he'll defend that heavenly city in the sky and he'll my friend cause that heavenly city to descend uh, and radiate through the universe uh, and declare the Shekata power and the Chicago glory of the line that we read about in this text. He is the line. He'll rule the nations with a rod of iron. He'll judge those nations. He'll set up legislative and executive and judicial order and he will control this world and on the bells of horses will be holiness. He'll pave the highway in the desert and cause it to bloom like a rose and he'll fill the whole earth with the knowledge of God because he is of the line. Line, thank God and my friend everywhere you go he'll be talking about the line he'll be talking about Jerusalem he'll make it the capital of this world it'll be his headquarters he'll sit on the throne of David and out of his throne will flow a river of life it'll go through the Kidron Valley it'll float down into the Dead Sea and everything it touches it will give life he'll own the cattle on a thousand hillsides and he'll own everything from here to yonder and thank God there'll be streams in the desert you know why because he is of the land and he'll be in charge hallelujah He's a lion because he's king. He's a lion because he's majestic. He's a lion because he's conqueror. He's a lion because he's fearless. He's a lion because he's strong. He's a lion because he's victorious. He's a lion because he's bold. He's a lion because he's powerful and he's all powerful. He's a lion because he's crowned. He is the lion. He's the lion that'll lead the way. He's the lion that will divide and conquer. He's the lion that'll be worshiped and adored. He is the lion because he's more than the lion, the king of the jungle. He's the king immortal, the king invisible, the king of heaven, the king of earth, the king of hell, the king of the universe, the king of the ages, the king of eternity, and the king of all kings. He is the lion. When I think about who he is, I want to say I'm glad that I'm on the winning side. Hallelujah. He is the lion. And when I think about the line portrayal, I notice not only that, but in verse number five, I want you to see the lineage portrayal, Amen. Because the Bible says that he is the lion of the tribe of Judah the root of David. Well, oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Because nearly for 4,000 years ago, Jacob was giving that great patriotic great patriotical and prophetical blessing to all of his sons. And when he came to Judah and he spoke of Judah, he spoke of him in the terms of a line. Three times he uses the word line in that prophetic blessing to Judah. And that is the tribe from whence our Savior came out of. In Genesis 49 and verse number 9, the Bible says that Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down. He coucheth as a lion, as an old lion, who shall rouse him up. For it, listen, the Bible says in Hebrews 7 and verse number 14 For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning his priesthood. Hey, Jesus came out of that very same place. Uh, he came out of the tribe of Judah there came a line, thank God uh, and that line is at the right hand of the Father and one of these days that line's coming back uh, hey he's got a pedigree he's got a lineage, amen and it goes all the way back to Judah uh, somebody said when you got saved you joined in a cult no, I tell you when I got saved I joined the church uh, but I did join a tribe, amen uh, I'm a part of the tribe of Judah, thank God you say you're not a Jew I'm a spiritual Jew, amen and according to the book of Romans, thank God, we Gentile dogs, when we got saved, guess what? We got grafted in the family. Hallelujah. We're in the church, and we're also in the tribe. Hallelujah. I'm saying, my friend, we are in. And he is our Savior. And he is our Lord. And he is our lion. Hallelujah. And then the Bible says that he is the root of David. When you think about that this, this evening, The Bible says that it was prophesied that Israel's king was to be of the house of David in 2 Samuel chapter 7. The lion is declared as David's greater son, as David's Lord in Matthew chapter 22 and Psalms 110 and verse 1. The lion is the originator of David. The lion is the creator of David. The line is was born in the city of David, Luke 2 and verse 11. He's taking us back to his earthly tribe, but he's taking us back to his earthly roots. Amen? Someone might say, uh, you know, is Jesus uh, he, does he have a pedigree? Well, he's got one in heaven. That needs no debate, but thank God he's got one on earth. Uh, he's going to sit on the throne of David in that celestial, or in that, uh, my friend, that earthly Jerusalem. He'll sit on the throne of David during that millennial reign. You know why? Because he's earned the right to. Amen. You see, he, he's, he's earned the right to open this book because of his pedigree. And he earned the right to open this book because of his purchase. Uh, and he earned the right to open this book because of his power. What I'm saying to you is uh, he owns the title deed to the earth. Uh, number one, because in John chapter one, he stepped out on nothing and he created it. Amen. And then number two, he owns it because of Calvary. He suffered and he died and he purchased back everything that the first Adam lost. Thank God the last Adam bought it all back at Calvary. Amen. And one day he's going to come back and open these seals and he's going to conquer this world and he's going to show this world that he owns it because he created it because he purchased it. But thank God because he's going to conquer it one of these days. I'm talking about the lineage. He owns the right to be where he's at. He's sitting on the throne in heaven because he belongs there. He'll sit on David's throne because he belongs there. He's got a lineage. He's got a pedigree. He's got the authority. He's got the power. It belongs to him. Hallelujah. Because he is the lion this, this evening. And I want to say this, this evening, I see the lineage. I see the line portrayal. And then I see the lesson portrayal. What is the lesson of verse number five? Well, here it is. Number one, he prevailed. The Bible said, Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, notice this, hath prevailed. If we didn't read anything else, Brother laddie, that'd be enough. If God put a period right there and didn't tell us nothing else about the tribulation period, we'd know we're going to come out on top on the end because he's prevailed. Can I tell you tonight, the lion always prevails. Thank God he wins in the end. And we are on the winning side tonight. I don't know which way this world's gonna go. It's changing every moment, it's changing every day. But what I do know is that my friend is a little songwriter, a song, kid's song set. He's got the whole world in the palm of his hands. I wanna tell you, he's still in charge. And in the end, I, I know what's gonna happen to the Antichrist. I know what's gonna happen to the armies of this world. I know what's gonna happen to the beast and the false prophet. They're all gonna be dead and in hell. But I also know what's gonna happen to, the King, to King Jesus. I also know what's going to happen to the church and to the Jew. I thank God we're going to live inside the city limits of that earthly and then of that heavenly Jerusalem. Everything's going to be okay in the end because the line's coming. Amen. And the lesson is this. Thank God he has prevailed. Hallelujah. Not only is the lesson that he prevailed but that he opened the book. Thank God he opened that book. You know, tonight I'm glad we have an open book. I've heard preachers down through the years in some places they'd say, now don't read the book of Revelation. That's a closed book. But that's not what Revelation 1 in verse 3 says. Blessed is he that readeth and keep the sayings of this prophecy. I want to tell you and heareth, if you read and you hear and you keep the sayings of this prophecy, God gives a blessing and there's seven blessings in the book of Revelation alone uh, to those uh, uh, that will read it. While there's seven blessings in this book, that's enough to read it, amen, for the Beatitudes that are found in the book of Revelation. I want to say, my friend, the lesson portrayed here is that he prevailed and that he opened the book and what does that prove, that he opened the book? I'm going to tell you what it proves. Uh, proves that he was worthy to open that book because John said in verse number four no man was worthy to open that book I want to tell you when the line of the tribe of Judah the root of David when he prevailed and he opened that book what it established before all that was there that day is that he is worthy and the only one that was worthy to open it was the one that owns it all amen and can I tell you that's how true it is if brother laddie had a deed in his house to the that piece of property listen I don't have the right to go in there and open that deed you know why because I don't own it amen it is not mine i tell you he's got the right because this world is his and the fullness thereof the earth is his footstool he owns everything he owns the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees he owns every bit of this atmosphere he owns every rock and every valley and every cave he owns every meadow and every blade of grass and every grain of sand He owns every river and every stream. He owns every hilltop. He owns every square inch of acre of this land. He owns the ocean and the waves that crash in on the sea. He owns it all, thank God. And it's under his control. He has his way in the whirlwind. And my friend, listen, the earth is just a footstool. Why? Because he said, I am the Lord. And besides me, there is none other. And the lesson is, he's worthy to open that book. Hallelujah. And then I want to say the lesson portrayed is that he loosed the seals. I want to say that he's going to pour out his judgment on this world. When he prevails, I see joy. There no doubt there was a shout that rang out in heaven when somebody said, the lion, the tribe of Judah, the root of Jesse, hath prevailed. When he opened the book, I see justification. In case anyone had their doubts, he opened the book. And when he loosed the seals, I see judgment, the lesson portrayal. I'll tell you what I like where this passage brings us back to. It brings us right back to the Lamb. Can you believe that? We started with the Lamb this morning and we're ending with the Lamb tonight. You know where the Lion's going to take you to? He's always going to take you back to the Lamb. You know where every road in this book leads to? It leads to Calvary. I don't care if you're walking through Genesis or you're walking through Revelation. You're going to bump into Calvary in every book of this Bible. Amen. I want to say this this evening it's amazing because when John the Baptist stood in John chapter 1 in verse 29 and verse 36 those two times that John said behold the Lamb of God it's interesting both times that he talked about the Lamb in John 1 and in John 1 he started that announcement off by using the word behold that we talked about this morning which means to stop to gaze to fasten your eyes to look up Upon, to observe and when he talked about John when he announced the Lamb of God he had to begin with the word behold if you look at Revelation 5 in verse 5 when the elder taps John on the, the revelator on the shoulder and makes the announcement about the lion what word does he use before he announces him to be the lion he uses that word behold he said behold the lion of the tribe of Judah and then when you get to verse number 6 and John turns and in the midst to that throne he sees a lamb look what the Bible says here he said and I beheld he beheld and low in the midst isn't that amazing that every time John spoke about the lamb and every time he's mentioned the lamb it's introduced by the word behold and what that means is you can't look on Jesus without fastening your eyes without gazing upon him without stopping I want to tell you anyone that ever stood in his presence has always stood a man. Uh, at his glory at his wonder at his splendor at his beauty at his majesty at his power at his character at his words Uh, oh his words my friend were like the voice uh, of many waters the Bible says Uh, his countenance uh, is fairer than the noonday Uh, thank God the Bible said his garment would glisten hallelujah Uh, listen Daniel saw a pre-incarnate Christ uh, in Daniel chapter 10 and he saw him coming across that uh, uh, river and Daniel said his body It was like Burl, like Topaz. I'm talking about his face was shining. One of these days we're going to see Jesus. Amen. I like that old song that says, I shall behold him face to face in all of his glory. One of these days I'm going to see him face to face. I'm going to see the lamb that John wrote about. I'm going to see the lion that John wrote about. And I want to tell you when I see him. I don't think I'll ever ask why about anything down here. I think one glimpse of his face and everything that we've ever seen and everything we've ever went through will fade out of view when we see the face of the one who loved us and the one who died for us of the lion and the lamb. Hallelujah. We'll see him one of these days. And these two symbols complement each other. He's the lion in verse 5. He's the lamb in verse 6. How can he be both? I'll tell you how. I thought about it this afternoon over a cup of Black Rifle coffee. I thought, how can he be both the lamb and the lion? I'll tell you how. Because as the lamb, he is a redeemer. The redeemer. As a lion, he's a ruler. And today he is still both redeemer and ruler. As the lamb, he delivers. As the lion, he defeats. And he will both today deliver and defeat. And he'll do it when he comes. As the lamb, he is meek and gentle. As the lion, he is majestic and glorious. And he is still all of the above. Jesus Christ is meek and gentle. But he is majestic and he is glorious. As the lamb, he is savior. As the lion, he is sovereign. And he is still both Savior and sovereign today. As a lamb, he cleanses. As a lion, he conquers as a lamb he is faithful as a lion he is fearless as a lamb he is seated upon the throne but as a lion he is going to stand ready to win the final victory in Christ as a lamb I find forgiveness and fellowship in Christ as a lion I find favor and a fortress amen you see the devil might be as a roaring lion but he's nothing but an imitator because I remind you that the David young David as a shepherd boy who is a picture and a type of Christ uh, waiting out in the fields one day keeping sheep. A lion came through one day and David with his own bare hands, uh, he shred that line to pieces. Amen. What was David that day? He's a shepherd. Amen. And Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And First Peter said he is the great shepherd. And David himself said he is my shepherd. Amen. And he shredded that old line. Amen. Uh, a slew foot that day. I'm reminded of someone else that had great strength uh, by the name of Samson and Samson also slew a lion I'm telling you this morning or this evening even one of David's mighty men he went down into a pit one day on a snowy day and he slew a lion I mean he conquered the greatest enemy under the worst conditions Uh, in one of the most difficult places that day he went down in that pit but thank God he came out victorious Uh, you know why because he was a mighty man and can I tell you who this lion is Uh, he's a shepherd hallelujah I'll tell you who this lion is. He's a mighty man, thank God. I'll tell you who this lion is. He is the king. He's the king of glory. He is the lamb of God. He's our savior and he's our Lord. Amen. It's good to know tonight that I know him. John sees this lamb and he sees him in this place. He's in the midst of the throne. He sees his past. The Bible said that he stood as a lamb as it had been slain. He'll never be slain again. Isn't it interesting to note that the only time Jesus was ever slain, the only time that he ever died, was when he willingly did it for me and you. And then I see his power. The Bible said that he had seven horns. Those horns are a picture of power. Seven eyes. Complete power, complete perception. He could see within, without. He could see in every direction. Which are the seven spirits of God, complete spiritual strength and power set forth into all the earth. I'll tell you this evening, we ought to make much of Jesus because He's our Lamb. We ought to make much of Him because He's our Lion. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know where you're at. But I know there's one greater than me and you. I know there's one stronger than me and you. I know there's one who can divide and conquer. If he can divide and conquer this world, I assure you he can divide and conquer our world. If he can control the out of control that's going to take place after seven years of tribulation, then he can control the out of control in my life and in yours. And if he can defeat Satan and lock him up then, don't you know he can hold Satan back now in your life and in mine? I tell you what we need to do tonight. We need to trust the line. Of the trial of Judah It's not a time for Christians to be weak It's not a time for us to compromise It's not a time for us to back up It's a time for us to be steady To be strong And to be faithful It's not a time to whimper and whine And roll over and play dead You know why? Because we are victors The Bible said we're more than conquerors Through him that loved us Paul said, for I'm persuaded. Paul, how could you be persuaded? Because Paul knew the line. He said, if I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. I tell you, I love him tonight, don't you? I praise him tonight for his power for his strength for his steadfastness not a one of us tonight could make it on our own but thank God they somebody he went to Calvary and he hung on the cross and he hung at Calvary and he was the lamb that was slain but three days later he come out of the tomb not as a lamb he come out as a lion hallelujah And hanging around his neck was the keys to death and to hell. Took him from the devil on his own turf and came out victorious. Separated his trinity His body went in the ground. His his spirit went to be with God and put the blood on the mercy seat. And his soul went down in the heart of the earth. And Jesus did not burn in hell because, my friend, he was the sinless Son of God. I'll tell you what he didn't do in hell. He walked through the gates of hell. He took the keys away from the devil himself. And, my friend, three days later, he vacated that place. But when he left, he didn't leave by himself. Hallelujah. He took every blood-washed Old Testament and of God I had ever trusted in him I brought some of them up out of the grave and sent the rest of them to glory you know why because he is and he always has been and he always will be the line of the tribe of Judah praise God and I feel God in my soul this morning this it's him isn't it we ought to make much of him tonight as we stand if you need to come tell y'all to lay your burdens at the lion's feet and let him help you while we sing a verse of this old song. Tis so sweet